morning and welcome to another episode of the Bearcat Brunch brought to you by Royal Lynx Golf Tours. Have you always wanted to play golf at St. Andrews? Have you ever enjoyed a perfect pint of Guinness in Ireland? Do you dream of playing golf at Bally Bunyan? Royal Lynx Golf Tours is a golf tour specialist offering unforgettable golf experiences to Scotland, England, Ireland, and Wales. Their custom itineraries are more than golf trips. They are immersive cultural and country experiences that will surprise and delight you both on and off the course. Royal Lynx Golf Tours is owned by former Bearcat quarterback Hayden Moore and his partner in UC alum Jeff Bartholomew. If you'd like to play St. Andrews or Bally Bunyan or enjoy that perfect pint of Guinness in Ireland, visit their website at royallynxgolftours.com or call them at 770-331-1525. And with that, we are back. Jeff, it's been a long time since we have shared the uh, the mic together. Yeah. Um, it's exciting. I wish it Is was it? under... I wish it was under better circumstances if we're being 100% honest. Um, I, I don't have a lot of like technical look back uh, for this game. I know it's it's kind of much, much of the same uh, of the negative that Dave and I have talked about for, you know, since the third week of the, uh, the season. Uh, which is really unfortunate. Um, there is a little bit of momentum I thought that they could have held on to from last week. Um, and, and it it seemed like a little bit more of the, was it the Oklahoma State game of, of not having, I don't know. They, they didn't look like they had a lot of uh, desire to be there. Um, there seemed to be a lot of just kind of half-hearted attempts at tackles. I know like, uh, coach said in the uh, in the post game press conference that you know, they they just got their uh, like their butts whooped uh, and, and didn't you know do anything. Well. I mean, you give up almost uh, was like six hundred yards of offense, I believe, is what the uh, six hundred and six hundred thirty four uh, to be exact. Uh, you do that, you know, you're not doing anything right on uh, on on defense. Yeah, they really scored seven points. Um, you know, the, I don't really, I don't really uh, count the what are the fourteen points that they scored in the uh, in the fourth quarter. Um, no, they only had the game, one. The game was already gone by that point. They they only had one possession in the fourth quarter. Who only had one possession in the fourth quarter? Cincinnati. What one possession that you're counting? No. Just I'm just saying they scored twice seconds. in the fourth quarter. Well, then the stat broadcast was incorrect. They, the the one – well, the drive – the, the, the oh, first – Maybe it just start, it started – It started in the third quarter. It started in the, in bridged, the third quarter. You're right. Bridged into, the, into the fourth. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it, it's silly to count those or, like, look at those and say anything that, you know – that that was like a positive, a positive. I, for all we, I mean, I, I don't know, like I don't know West Virginia's players uh, by by name or whatever, but it, it's very clear to me, at least, that like you know, if we were able to do that in the fourth quarter, um, you know, at the end of the game, likely those were not all of uh, West Virginia's starters, and they weren't certainly weren't playing the same kind of scheme. I mean, if at that point, if you're oh, the running uh, back who ran, the running back who ran all, all over our first team defense was also not a starter. So, well, yeah, yeah, good for that kid. I mean, what? I mean, I don't know. It was there, there was <laughs> nothing positive that that happened uh, with this team. I mean, it just yeah, you. I don't want to like necessarily call out anybody individually or whatever but like grant says over here he, he thinks that like threats didn't even act like he was, he was trying to tackle um and there were a couple times it looked like some guys kind of like i don't know they just 
there was a tackle happening around them, uh, and they, you know, you think that, you know, you want to do a little gang tackling maybe, um, and that wasn't necessarily happening. Uh, some guys were turning and kind of bouncing off and, and walking the other direction. Um, I mean, was there anything specifically that you noticed or saw yesterday that kind of like drew your attention? I know that you, know, you get a, sometimes have a little different perspective, uh, than what I've got. Um, it was probably the worst four quarters of football that we've had to watch since what Iowa State was that the the last one where they uh, just didn't show up. I think it was Iowa yeah, State. I think I said Oklahoma State earlier, but I, it was Iowa State. Yeah, um, and the that was the worst four quarters that we had to watch since the Fenway Bowl. Uh, Coming off a win, I, I guess I didn't expect the energy to be quite so low um, with Brady Lichtenberg getting his first start. Um, again, just didn't expect that drive to completely stall out. Uh, three three plays, nine yards right off the rip. Um, just And that's even coming after you had a red zone stop uh, against – uh, West Virginia there, where uh, maybe they made it to the red zone. I'm not real sure. I can't recall. They attempted where they attempted the field. It was a pretty long field goal. But still, it's a. I mean, um, it's kind of it's, what you want to do. Stop. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. The West Virginia wins the toss, gets the ball, goes and drives and misses a field goal. You got an opportunity to turn around and use that momentum to catapult yourself into the game, and instead you get nine yards and have to punt on a fourth down where I think all of us were probably surprised on fourth and one that you're punting. Cause it's not really been Scott Satterfield's MO this season to ever yeah. punt on fourth and one. I was going to ask you there if you were surprised, uh, especially so you like Brady comes out, uh, throws, throws a pass and then it's two runs. They get you to, to the, the fourth, you know, you end up in, what fourth and one at that point, and it it looked like it was an awfully short fourth and one, um, at least on TV. And I, was, I mean that was the same angle you had as well because I don't think you weren't at the game. Um, so I was not. To to me, looking at, it, I, was, I was surprised that they didn't go for it there. Uh, like you said, like you you, you give up. I mean, it, not necessarily a really long drive, seven plays. 45 yards is what West Virginia had in the, their opening possession. And they uh, miss a field goal, get the ball, you know, you're moving it, starting to move. You have a chance to kind of gra- maybe grab some momentum at the beginning of the game, right? You're also, you know, three and seven. So I, I know some people don't agree with the, you know, we're in this position where you know, we haven't won a lot of games. It's towards the end of the season, like change things up and do things differently, whatever with the, you know, be more aggressive just because. That's uh, not, I mean, I, I'm of the, the thought process that you might as well just like never punt the ball. I mean, like what, what do you, what do you really have to lose? At this point, it's yeah. not like you got, Mason Fletcher's not up for the Ray Guy Award at this point this season. Uh, it's been nothing to write home about, and, and no pun intended with him being from Australia. But I mean, it's just it's been a not a bad season for him, not a not a great season for him, just kind of mediocre. Um, I, I think we've seen more out of him than we expected him, just same as any other player, to continue to take strides forward. Uh, that all said, I'm with you. I don't know that. Punting at this point gets you anywhere, um, especially when you're supposedly trying to stack wins. So it was it was a rough go of it. It was, I mean, I, I brought this up to Chad yesterday, but your first four drives, three for three plays, nine yards, five plays, twenty-one yards, four plays, six yards, three plays, negative three yards. Not great. So bad, in fact, it's not on game on paper. Uh, 
but you have a punt, 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 and then you you finally score a touchdown. Um, yeah, you, and in theory, you're really not out of the game, right? Score a touchdown, uh, and it was a good drive. It was a good, solid drive. It was, uh, and that was that was Brady's. That was a Brady drive. It was. Unfortunately, the last drive that Brady had, uh, 11 plays, 75 yards, uh, you know, four and a half minutes. They were moving the ball. Well, I know there was a couple kind of like quirky things there. I think there was one where the ball got dropped. Brady picked it up, um, ended up completing a, a longer, uh, a longer pass. Um, there's one, I think where Ryan Montgomery fumbled, but recovered it. Uh, so there was a little bit of goofiness, um, that happened on that drive, but like they they had some momentum, and you're now you're down now you're down by two scores, twenty one seven. I think there was only like a minute and a half left. There um, was in in the first half. You get the ball coming out of the out of the out of the break, but you don't make it there at twenty one seven. The same thing happens that Chad went and looked up during conference play about only having, you know, obviously this wouldn't have been UC playing with a lead uh, or taking any snaps with a, a lead here. But the defense turns around and in under a minute, 40 they seconds, give up, they give up another touchdown. No, I'm sorry, uh, 50, 52 seconds. You allow Garrett Green who was like the second coming of, of Michael Vick. I mean, I saw somebody somebody posted or tweeted or whatever, like, if you wanted to know what it was like to play with Michael Vick on Madden, like, that's what it looked like, was Garrett Green just like, whatever he wanted, whenever he wanted it. He wanted yeah. to throw it, if he wanted to run it, especially if he wanted to run it. I mean, you, you start that drive off by allowing him to run for 30 yards. He averaged 14 per carry. On what twelve carries? I think it was. Yeah, eleven carries, one hundred fifty-four yards. Eleven. I'm sorry. Yeah, fourteen for a team. And I know I'm going off on another tangent here, but for a team that was so good against the run going into the Oklahoma State game where they hadn't allowed a, a single rusher to have over 100 yards. And then, you know, you, Ollie Gordon gashes you that week. Yep. Uh, was it, it happened again the week after. UCF. And then this week is an absolute disaster. Uh, you give up a total of 424 yards on the ground. You got Jaheim White hits you for 204. The quarterback hits you for 154 and throws for 210. You're not going to win that game. You're simply not. I mean, no. You've... And even the guy, even the guy who came in for Jaheim White towards the end of the game had still had six carries for 42 himself. <laughs> like. I don't know what positives you want to take out. Uh, okay, so Darren bring up a good point here. I can't click it, but uh, is it weird they didn't let Brady finish that driver? Or does he just not run the queue? So, uh, Coach Scott Satterfield said in his press conference afterwards. Uh, I actually think Keegan asked him uh, specifically uh, what was going on there, and he said that uh, during that drive, Brady got banged up. Uh, they were looking for uh, a time to get him out um, and without you know, slowing up the game on their end. And they that's when I think there was a um, a delay of game penalty on West Virginia on the defense. Uh, yeah. Let me see if I can find if there's like a... Yeah, so they had to delay a game penalty. Uh, and that's when they made the swap. And they got... Um, they were able to get they got Brady out, Emory in. Emory obviously gets the uh, the uh, touchdown there. We all know. I mean, it was Brady's drive. He got him. He got him down there. Yes, there was some some stroke of luck on some plays, but 
God knows this team could use it. Um, and then after that, there was like a couple like camera angles, camera shots of Brady on the sideline, kind of like twisting a little bit. Um, I mean, he, he still had his pads and all that. He was that, getting so checked like, out by the trainer, so yeah. Yeah, I, don't know. I mean, I don't... absolutely. Um, but I, you know, it's another one of those things, kind of like, you know, again, where you're at. Yes, he led well, he led a good drive, but like, is it worth you know running a kid out there and if he if he's tweaked something, and then he has to you know maybe he adjusts something else he's doing, and then it causes another or he gets hit, he's not yeah. able to protect himself as well, and you end up with some kind of freak injury out of it. Um, also, I, I just want to go back to the, earlier in the season before Emery had taken a snap under center. But he, they had not even been practicing that, apparently. Uh, if, I believe that's how it was discussed uh, earlier in the season when people were wondering on goal line, like, why isn't Emery under center? And then they started practicing that, and then Emery was able to do it. So if this, this is not something that Brady has practiced, being directly under center and taking snaps directly under center, then are really going to put him out there if he has not taken snaps under center? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to, you know, run a kid out there and put him in a position that he's not going to be, you know, successful in. You still have to look at things that way. Um, and, you, and you're also like, if he, you know, I don't have any reason to think that they would, you know, make up or lie about him being, you know, banged up and not able to go. Um, I agree. If he's not able to go, like, you know, or if he's, if he's got, uh, he's got even, anything that could like change the way he's going to go about playing a game of football uh, and potentially end up with some other injury or exacerbating the one that he already has. Well, I mean, you've got your, again, I go back to it. You're three and seven. You know, you're not playing for a bowl game. You're not playing for a conference title. You know, you're, you're really only playing for, you know, maybe the, you know, you're playing for the seniors, you're playing for trying to you know figure out uh, what maybe what you got for next year, and you're not really going to be able to see that if the kids hurt. So, you know, I, I I was I am I guess a little surprised. And Nick brings it up over here in the chat that uh, you know Emery needs to be the third string quarterback if Lichtenberg's hurt. Joe just needs to take seventy five percent of the practice reps. Um, you know. Go from there. I mean, I don't know if Jurgish is hurt. I don't know if he, you know, what to do. Because at this point, you're not burning his red shirt. Correct. Uh, Chad Chad said last night that he developmentally is not where he believes that this staff wants him to be when he starts taking snaps. I'm of the mindset that at this point, it doesn't really matter. You want to get a guy in and have him get to um, just start to see game speed at this level. I don't think that if he needed to come in, say, say Drogosh is your backup next year. Do you really want the first game reps that he gets to be right out of the gate and, and just adjust on the fly? Or would you rather see him get some game speed adjustment to game speed at the collegiate level, division one collegiate level um, the during what's left of this season against Kansas? Uh, it doesn't make much sense to me to just throw him out there next year without having seen any snaps. Um, I know that if you're thinking about it, I mean, and trying to defend why you wouldn't do that, again, Chad said that it, he felt like the fan base just has a lust for wanting to see a new quarterback in. I thought that was a interesting choice of words. But I don't know. For me, everything is broken. So just run your young kids out there at this point. If you got, especially if, you know, going back to some of the earlier conversation, if you have guys who are not giving 100%, not playing to the whistle, not doing the things that you need to be doing on a football field, why are you out there? There's guys that are dying to be out there who have put in the same blood, sweat, tears, equity all season long that want to be out there at this point. Why are you running guys out there just because they were starters? Like, if you see, especially watching tape this morning, last night, 
whatever time they started watching tape, you see some of these guys who have been on the team for a while that are not giving you 100%, I don't see a reason for them to be out there. Yeah, I mean, especially guys that, like, especially guys that aren't going to be coming back next year, that aren't able to come back next year. Um, I mean, I, I think at some point, like if, if you're saying that, you know, this kid's not developmentally where he needs to be to put him out there, is is that, are you just going to go ahead and declare that a miss at this point? I mean, do you, uh, it's frustrating because you, you want to, you want to be able to say as a fan, like, you know, the, the team looks like it's progressing. And this is something that Dave and I have talked about all years. Like I can stomach losing. I can like, I, I don't like it, but I can, I can stomach it. Um, if it appears that there is like a path, uh, uh like a progression that is occurring, um, you know, things are, are looking up and getting better. And like, we kind of saw it last week, but it, now that you like, you kind of look at it, you look back at it, you're like, is that a, it was that kind of, I don't know, like fake progression because we've also said that this is a, a good AAC team, maybe Houston also just like a good AAC team. And so like, that's how we ended up where we were at there. Um, we just haven't seen consistent progression uh, across the board anywhere. I mean, I haven't seen anything positive uh, outside of, I mean, I did think that the like the drive that, that Brady had was good. Yeah, I mean, you can say that because they, they was the first touchdown that they scored, but it wasn't even like, it wasn't even a, a drive where you like, where you like truly instilled a lot of confidence uh, of like, all right, like we could go out and do that again. I will challenge you and say that I think that we have seen progression okay. in in the offensive line um, earlier this season, I thought that this offensive line was not very good at all towards the beginning of the season. And they have shown that they at least have been able to run block very, very well uh, yeah. yesterday. Obviously Fair. you can't run, uh, you can't run a ton. And is there room for improvement in the pass block? Absolutely. Uh, you will not catch me arguing that case. Uh, but I think that you've seen progression there. I think that you've seen progression in uh, the the cornerbacks. Um, although yesterday was was not great, um, we, we saw some. So it's 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 been kind of one of these. There's been some up and then some down. I mean, you're also looking at Kalen Carroll getting his what third start, fourth start at this point. So are there going to be some lumps? Sure. Are you building progression for next season? Also, yes. So, so let me. You bring up a great point there, Carol. Right? Mm -hmm. They they essentially throw him in the fire, right? Correct. Baptism by fire, absolutely. Let's see. Let's see what you got, kid. And when they threw him in there, he bad. did not look great. Bad, bad. He looked real bad, and it was one of those things where we we're like, okay. Like we get it. There's so I'll give you that because he's looked much better from then on. Even so yesterday, what's that? Even yesterday, the pass interference call that he got, I thought that there was so much hand hand fighting going on before was, they threw that, that the, flag. That was the underthrown ball, yeah. Yes, I'm pretty sure it was under. I I hate underthrown DPI. It's terrible. But but there was so much hand fighting called, going yeah. on before, like the the other the the receiver had grabbed his face mask at some point during that route, like. What are we doing? I, I don't just if you're if you're if all of that's going on, what are we even throwing a flag for? But yeah, if you swivel, so, swivel your head around, maybe it's a different story. But but if if you are if you as a coaching staff are willing to take a kid and throw him into what is in my mind, and a lot of other people have said too, the most difficult position in all of football to play, playing a is being a DB. You're, you're willing to take a kid and just boop, drop him out there. And, and, and Atkins, I mean, they, they did that with him too. If you're willing to do that. He he probably knew a little ahead of time, though, he was going well, to he be did. starting. He, okay, so he did, but still. So there was a difference there. Yeah, but he's still young, right? And 
yeah, whatever. Like even Jordan, Young, even Jordan Young is only a sophomore. So he's yeah, yeah. yeah. But the, but I'm talking about these new well. kids. I'm talking about the new kids uh-huh. that didn't have like they didn't. You didn't really see them much. They throw them out there. Yeah, Kaylin Carroll was more of a the baptism by fire of like go get them, kid. Um, Good luck. If you're willing, if you're willing to do that. Why on earth are you not willing in a situation like yesterday? Lichtenberg gets hurt. It's banged up. Can't go back out. Right? Run Drogish out there and see what he's got. Hey, kid. Give him. Go go be great. He goes out there. He gets destroyed. He looks terrible. He can't do it. Okay. So now you confirmed it. I know. I know that some of the argument against that would be that you potentially could ruin his confidence. You could destroy his, his progression. I don't, I don't think that football is the same as baseball. Whereas baseball, you bring a kid up too early and move him from single A to double A, double A to triple A, whatever triple A to the, to the, to the show. Um, if you move them up too early, too fast, and leave them there, or don't get them the at-bats they need, uh, innings they need as a pitcher, whatever, uh, can you destroy somebody's progression in baseball? Absolutely. With football, you only have – everything is so small. You only have 12 games. You only have – just there, there's not – you only have four quarters, 12, 12 games, and then should you make it to the bowl season? I don't know. I, I just, I think that you have you're you're playing with house money. You you have nothing to lose if you throw Drogash out there, and if you give him a series, maybe two towards the end of a game that's obviously wildly out of hand. Yeah. There's zero zero pressure on him to perform well. Zero. Yeah. Just go no. No one else has. No one else has. Go play football and. You know, again, Chad was making the comments last night. Well, he hasn't taken reps with the first and second team. Okay. It's receivers and tight ends and running backs. It's the yeah. same thing, just different numbers. Yeah. I, Go throw you, the ball. You are not going to get an, uh, Run routes, throw the ball. You're, you're not going to get an argument out of simple, me. That you're going to play says, a, simple, a simplified playbook, right? Absolutely. Right. You're going to. You're always going to do that when you have that, though. Fine. But you know how you wouldn't play a simplified playbook? You could at least maybe have like a, like a, I mean, yes, modified, but it, not like, you know, two running plays and a pass play. Like you could, as if you tell him leading into the week because you know you can't burn his red shirt. Hey, listen, uh, you know, if this game, if, if some things happen here in this game, whatever, uh, hi, Ed. You know, if some things here, happen now, in this now, game, now all, we're all three of us from PTP yeah. are on on the screen at the same time. Oh, uh, look at that! Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna get you some reps in there. You need you need to really make sure that at this point in the season, you've studied your playbook some. Um, I get it that maybe you haven't run those plays or seen them run. Um, yeah, like yeah. I mean, they could have even done something like that. I mean, obviously, I, I'm I'm not sure where Evan's shoulders at as far as like you know being a truth a threat to throw the ball, um, but the other team doesn't necessarily know that, and they they could have done I think something with that uh, just to be creative. Who who, who cares? Like it would take two seconds to find that information. Yeah, to figure out if he's gonna like throw it or not. Um, I I don't know. I just I think that there is some hesitancy to to really. You know, make the the full the full cell change. The Emery's not coming back next year. You know, I don't have I don't have anything. I don't think he is like a, a negative person on the team. I don't think that you no. know anything like that. Like every one of his press, I think. I mean, he feel he feels these losses probably harder than anybody else. If, at least from like Agreed. the press conferences that I've seen, right? Um. He's not coming back next year. The team is far and away out of making it, to a, making it to a bowl game or any any kind of anything of significance. The the part that is left going forward, really starting last week through the end of the season, 
was development of kids and getting them the game speed reps that you can only get in a game. You can't get them in practice. Like nope. you can run against a scout team. It's not going to be the same. It just isn't. Uh, we've, we've heard people talk about that all, all the time across. Well, and what better way to find out where the progression is of the, the kids who you saw in the spring game to where they are now throughout the entire season. If you look at a kid and say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to get you some reps this week. Uh, you know, and maybe, maybe you don't throw the entire, I don't, I don't know that you learn anything by throwing them in with the entire second team, but if you can start to rotate some guys in yeah, like a, a cornerback here or a right guard there, or like, don't throw them in with the, I think you should throw them in with the other ones to really Absolutely. find out what you have. Otherwise, otherwise you're doing a disservice probably to finding out where that kid's development is. If you're throwing the entire second team out there. Yeah. I mean, I, I would, I would wholeheartedly agree because you don't want to put your quarterback out there behind, you know, a weak, like the weakest option of line that you have. You know, you, you want your quarterback to be out there behind, you know, the best option that you have. And like you, you did allude to, and I, I will concede the fact that I think the offensive line has improved. Are there areas that could get much better? Yes, but they, they have improved. Um, so that you can at least gauge before, you know, like, Coach just said this is going to be a long off season. It's going to be a long winter. Like you're going to long be able to see December, and there's reason to believe. Oh, all right. Uh, if that's the case, like it, if they have to go out and and get new pieces, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you like rather to know that have now? Like, wouldn't <laughs> Instead you rather of like, in the spring, I mean, I, they know what they need to go get. Sure. Probably somewhat, right? But like, I just feel like having like the game tape of of a kid in any of these positions, and like Darren brings up a good point, like you know, getting whooped on in the secondary is going to pay off for these young guys out there, and, and I tend to agree with that because there has been some some growth out there. Um, you know, they they've shown flashes of what they could be. Um, I still think Jordan Young looks better in the slot than he does on the on the outside. And, and that's he, he had a he had a pass breakup early in the game yesterday from the slot. So, like there you go. Like those, those are things that you that you can learn by moving kids around, having other guys that you're going to put out there. Um, I just yeah, I, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and say that like we need to fire the entire coaching staff and like fire the whole team and start from scratch. Like, I don't think that there's any benefit to that. Uh, but I do hope that with this final game, yeah, we all want to see wins. Like, we want, want to see all that. That's, like, not even remotely anywhere near what I care about, especially, that like, going into this, this final week. I want to see guys that we haven't seen, guys that are, you know, going to get out there, get some, get some quality reps, as far as like where it lands in the game and, and who they're facing on the other side and, and get those game speed things so that you know, obviously like we as fans aren't it doesn't like I, I certainly hope no one is making decisions on what like you know any fans on Twitter are saying. Um I don't think that's the case at all, but so that the coaching staff can see what they've got, understand what they've got, and moving forward into the we talked about it with uh, with this group coming in last year. They didn't hit. They weren't able to hit the portal the same way as a coaching staff that was already in place, um, because people can say what they want to say. The portal recruitment happens before kids hit the portal. The recruit uh, the, the recruiting staff wasn't even here. Right, they were the last ones. Yeah. <laughs> so so like yes, they did get guys out of the portal. Uh, but the the guys that that they got that they could have got or maybe had a chance to get those kinds of things happen before the portal opens. It's not the way it's supposed to happen, but it's the way it does happen. Like you know, if Aaron plays for a team and decides that like yeah, this isn't a good fit for me. This isn't where I, I'm going to be. I'm going to hit the portal. 
Aaron's going to have some some folks reaching out and some trusted people uh, trying to find maybe a place that he could land um, before he enters the portal. Smart business on, on the kids' parts because, as we all know, the NCAA doesn't favor anything with the kids. So, like, the, yeah, they've got to figure that kind of thing out before no. before <laughs> before they hit the portal. I mean, that's just the way it happens. This staff didn't really get that chance uh, last year. They kind of had to like, you know, rush around. You make a good point that recruiting staff wasn't even in until like the very end. You know, they they were able to bring some kids in and, and that kind of thing and, and patchwork a team together. Um, much like you know, Wes Miller had to patchwork a team together uh, when he first got here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this well, season hasn't gone. Yeah, at the end of the day, this this team is the only team in the entire conference that had a new coaching staff in place, and the only team that was also doing that while making a transition from a Power Six conference, if you want. Whatever I don't know what you want to call, it, but yes, uh, G G five uh, into the Power Five. So you're you're dealing with a lot of adversity, just in general, on, on a team that would have struggled probably a little bit anyway if you were making a coaching transition, obviously we've seen some different coaching transitions work out as everyone wants to talk about Louisville and how that's worked out. Well, you know, what didn't work out Colorado. Colorado is not working uh, out right now. Uh, I, I would disagree a bit there. They won one that's, game last year. Okay, They've won so four now, this year. Oh, that's that, really working out. That's improvement. All right. Well, anyway, uh, I, I disagree. Uh, all of the, hoopla around that uh, has not been quite up to snuff in any case um there was a lot going into this and, and you you were the guy after the guy which is never easy to be either as this is very true uh that coaching staff is also um struggling these are the things that happen it's not abnormal for a coach to come to a new team especially that late in the cycle and ride the struggle bus. Yeah. And, and like, I mean, he, he did say like, you know, Nick, Nick's talking down here about, you know, struggling in all the phases, including coaching. He, I mean, he said it yesterday. He said that they got out coached, you know, they got out offense and out defense and, all the above. They used but, every he, play they had yeah, in the defensive he, playbook. He said, he said, good, Brown put it in every every play. He called every play on the defensive sheet. And I don't know if that means maybe you need to get another defensive sheet somewhere to slide into your defensive book. But Just, uh, Maybe there should be a book instead of a sheet. Yeah, it should have been something because uh, whatever they were dialing up yesterday absolutely was not working at all. Uh, so, you know, Go into the, uh, you know, we still have one game left. Um, you know, hopefully uh, there's a little bit better, uh, at, at least from from our perspective, I don't think that we are alone in, in what we saw um, as being maybe not, um, maybe not the, the top tier number one effort um, across the and board. And it's hard to get up for and, games yeah, once no, you're I, out of it. I get that. You're that far out of you. You know, it's if you're a senior, like, what, if you're the, already if yeah. you're already checked out on this season, maybe you're leaving the team, and you already know that. I understand it's hard to get up for games like this. I get that, but if that's the case, again, there are guys chomping at the bit behind you. That yeah. as a as a coach, I'm watching for those types of things in this last game, and if you aren't going to give me all of your effort, all of your attitude your your want to there's a place on the bench for you where there is somebody who wants to give me all of that yeah so hopefully you know next week they can you know like like nick says like you know, a competitive uh just a com just a competitive drive uh you know is it likely that they'll beat kansas probably not um do i think that they probably could i've seen Stranger things happen. Um, I don't know. I just want to hopefully that hopefully as this cycle rolls around, and we get back to spring ball. The necessary changes are are put into place, um, and, and we can start to see like 
you know, Cincinnati football come back to where we know it should be, um, where we now as a fan base expect it to be. Like if this fan base just didn't care about what was going on, um, that would probably concern me more than, you know, yeah, you're going to open up Twitter and it's going to be a dumpster fire of like crazy hot takes. And I am just as guilty as everybody else of throwing like crazy stuff out there. Uh, but that's what you're going to get out of a, out of a passionate fan base. Um, and that's, what's been built here over the last you know decade or whatever. Like there was, there was a rise in what has, is expected out of UC football. Um, and, and so that's still a positive thing. You know, fans aren't indifferent to what is happening on the football field at UC. And um, uh, I think we can get back to where we were. Uh, it just might take a little bit of time. Patience is a virtue. Hopefully. Hopefully. you have anything else on the, uh, the game from yesterday? I do I'm surprised that you were able to get that much out of me on the game from yesterday. I try. Um, all right. Well, let, let's uh, do a quick spin around the uh, NCAA here. Um, and then uh, then we can probably wrap it up. Notre Dame, Wake Forest. Anything interesting happened there? That you, did you watch? Did you watch any other games yesterday? Here. I had... I was I was playing Daddy Duty, so you'll have to tell me what you saw. Yeah, that's I fair. did not I, watch I was, games yesterday. There was there was a lot of uh, um, nap time going on in my house at work last night. So um, Georgia and Tennessee, Tennessee opened that game up a little bit. Kind of thought like uh, you know maybe maybe they had something. Um, my brother in law's uh, goaded me into making a a bet with some bonus bet money, and that quickly. Quickly went up in flames. Um, Georgia beat them 38 to 10. I don't think there's probably any doubt that they are um, the best team in the country. Uh, followed closely by Ohio State. I mean, they played Minnesota. Like, what are you going to get out of that? Nothing. Um, Michigan ended up, uh, well, they won by a touchdown over Maryland, which. Uh, Okay, I mean Michigan's got a lot of things going on up there that are uh and uh Michigan's got a lot of things going on up there uh outside of I mean that, that involve the football program but are off the field. Um I'm certain that is probably affecting the on field product. I actually I know Dave picked them early on this year to be uh his his pick for best team in the um in the uh, Hey, there's Dave. Hi, Dave. He uh, picked Maryland, or Michigan to be the best team in the country. I, I think that they may stumble against Ohio State, um, especially with all the stuff going on around them that uh, that they've got to deal with. Obviously, self-inflicted. Nothing that's like, right? Whatever. But uh, and, and inflicted by the coaching staff, not necessarily the players themselves. Uh, Florida State. They lost uh, yep. their quarterback. To a, uh, Bad. A hit, that sucks. A hit, that sucks. A hit drop tackle. It was it was um, late in the game too, wasn't it? Uh, it, was, it was it was pretty early on, I think. I thought it was. was it just I thought it was pretty off? early on. Uh, yeah, they had, I think they had a later kickoff. Okay, uh, they played North right. Alabama. Um, I think at the very end they blocked a field goal and returned it for a touchdown. Um, Washington held on, beat Oregon State. Um, so they're you know. I think that they'll end up playing Oregon in the uh, Pac-12 championship game. I don't know that there's any if they a, have any games left. They pulled that one out late, late as well, right? That was like yeah, a drama were, well, game. Oregon State was coming back in that one. Yeah, uh, Washington scored all their points in the first half. Um, Unreal. So in the in the snow, it looks like, uh, or is it rain? I don't know. It could have been. It could have been either. You know, it's out. It's out in that part of the country where that kind of stuff just happens out of nowhere. Um, yeah, Josh Moore thinks like the national champ title game feels like it's in Atlanta in two weeks, and the rest is just noise. Uh, yeah, um, you know, we'll we'll see if that if that turns out to be the case. That uh, I assume you know if Alabama wins there, like they're probably just going to jump all the way up. 
and, and get in. Um, I just hope Michigan beats Ohio State this week. I mean, they, they're you've Without got football. you know you've got you've got that game, the Pac-12 championship game, like all those are you know the SEC title game. A lot of a lot of big things going on there. Um, obviously, then I, I think Iowa is going to be in the uh, Big Ten title game. I think they've got that. I could be wrong there. Um, somehow they they're winning games by scoring two to three points a game. Um, <laughs> Missouri, Missouri beat Florida. Uh, yeah, like it's insane. Iowa, Iowa scores fifteen points yesterday. They're nine yep. and two. They did. That's I mean, because the Big Ten's chronically overrated every year. Anyway, but at the end of the for, at the end of the first quarter game. yesterday. Illinois was beating Iowa three to two. Well, they they have three to, to two. You have to rank the other that. side, so you have to rank the other side of the conference because otherwise, those wins by Ohio State and Penn State and Michigan against anybody else outside of themselves would mean nothing. And this is true, and we've had that discussion a lot. Uh, Utah, Utah loses to Arizona. I thought yeah, they, they could beat them. anyone. I thought they could. Their fan base has told me they don't belong in in the Big Twelve. They're better than the Big Twelve. I thought they could beat anyone. The Utes, yeah. And instead, they get beat by Arizona, who might not have any sports left uh, after they try to fill a two hundred and fifty million dollar financial hole that just like showed up out of nowhere. I, I still want to know what that means if you sell off your sports. What does that mean? Where did where do they go? You just don't fund them anymore, and you take all of the the athletic budget. The athletic budget, I assume, is probably solvent. Uh, like, I assume it makes money. Yeah. So as they probably many, they probably many just things take, on campus don't make money. They probably take all the money from the athletics budget, and they say, "Sorry, we're not going to have any athletics." I mean, maybe maybe they keep. I don't know. Uh, yeah, they're about did, to be making. They're about to be. Making more money on their new TV deal as part of the Big Twelve than what they were making before as part of the Pac Twelve. None of this makes any sense to me. Um, Jaden Daniels, LSU quarterback, twenty five for thirty, four hundred and thirteen yards, six Eight. touchdowns. I realize they played Georgia State. Eight touchdowns, six touchdown passes, and two touchdown rushes. Eight touchdowns. Yeah, six in the air, two on the ground. I mean they. They were playing Georgia State, but still, like that—that's nuts. I—I um, I just let's see. They still didn't put up as many yards as West Virginia did against UC. Okay, moving um, right along. Louisville wins uh, by a touchdown. They're you know having a good year. Penn State beat Rutgers. Ole Miss won. Oklahoma beat BYU by a touchdown. Anything else here? Kansas State over Kansas. It was a close one. Oklahoma State uh, beat Houston. I know Houston was up in that game for a little while. They were. Um, what's that? Yes. They were. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that, that's a quick uh, snap around the league. Um, Bearcats last week in the NFL. Um, I don't know if they're... Jerome Ford, 17, uh, 17 carries, 107 yards. Sauce Gardner had five tackles. James Hudson, no sacks allowed. Blanked him. Uh, Ivan Pace had five tackles. Alec Pierce had uh, one quite spectacular reception uh, where he kind of climbed the ladder. Uh, 21 yards, that was it for him. Desmond Ritter was 4-6 for 39 yards and had three rushes for 11 yards. He's been announced the starter the rest of the season. He is back. Maybe maybe <laughs> Did that get traded? Well, it's the, the trade deadline's over, but I wouldn't I be terribly upset if he ends up being a backup here. Yeah. Uh, other than that, there was, I mean, Tyler Scott had a catch. Uh, Trey Tucker had a rush. Nothing very uh, spectacular across the board. But we do have a lot of guys getting playing time. I don't know why you skipped over the grizzled old vet Chris Moore with two catches, 21 yards. I did. You right? did. I did miss that one. 
He's like your age. But it's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yet, he, yet he looks as old as you. All right. Um, so, yeah. But we do have like a... It, it is nice. I know we've talked about this before, but it's nice to see, you know, Bearcats across the uh, the NFL getting getting some uh, some reps and some playing time and getting out there and being it. I mean, that's also another good recruiting tool. Uh, oh, one that I think that they can lean into. And if the if you're looking for games to watch today because the Bengals aren't on, um, Steelers at Brown is at Browns is going to feature Jerome Ford. These are the one o'clock slot. Steelers at Brown is going to feature Jerome Ford and James Hudson. Bears at Lions is going to feature Tyler Scott. Chargers at Packers featuring Eric Wilson and Josiah DeGuara. Raiders at Dolphins featuring Trey Tucker. Giants at Commanders featuring Derek Forrest Jr. Titans at Jaguars featuring Chris Moore and Josh Wiley. Cardinals at Texans featuring Mike Boone and Myjay Sanders. The 425 slot, Jets at Bills featuring Sauce Gardner. Seahawks at Rams featuring Kobe Bryant. Sunday night football, Vikings at Broncos featuring Ivan Pace Jr. And, of course, Monday night football since uh, I believe Taylor Swift is going to be in Brazil. Thank God we're not going to have to deal with the parents meeting, I wouldn't think. Uh, Eagles at Chiefs. Let's Feature the football, Jason Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, and Brian Cook. Boom. Get us out of here. All right, Ed, you uh, <laughs> you're, you you should have checked your text messages and not had your notifications silenced. We were trying to get you in on the show. Too late for that. But for David Simone, who is not here uh, because he is – Still in West Virginia for Jeff Howell. This was an and, and for Royal Links Golf Tours. Thanks for sponsoring the show. Uh, if you wanted to have that pint of Guinness in Ireland, be sure to hit them up. Um, even if it's just drive the golf cart. But if they have golf carts out there, I don't know. Uh, this was another episode of the Bearcat Brunch. There's only one more left this season, I believe. Maybe you do keep doing them. I don't know to talk about everybody else. But we will see you next week, Sunday, 10 a.m. Until then.